Welcome to Shake and Bake Cast. Today's guest is Keith Tomasek. Keith publishes the website Stratford Festival Reviews, an independent website about the Stratford Festival and his company. He also produces Canada's longest-running podcast on the arts, called The Inadequate Life. Past guests on the podcast include Shalina Kennedy, currently starring on Broadway in Beautiful, the Carol King musical, and the creators of the Broadway hit, Come From Away. Keith, uh, this year the Stratford productions of The Tempest and Julius Caesar both feature male character leads played by women. I'm wondering, is gender blindness in casting new for Stratford and Canadian theater in general? And uh, are there any other uh, contemporary trends uh, that are worth noting? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that gender blinding. I wouldn't say that gender blindness is new in Canadian theater, um, and you know, part of what bothers me about the whole topic. I grew up in a very progressive household, um, so the fact that it's even such a big deal is kind of upsetting to me. It's just something that, as a young person, and and. Um, as an adult, I just think it's crazy that, I mean, it's not crazy. It's too bad that we're in a point in society where it's a big deal that we're casting or making choices uh, in casting that people are, are so um, excited about it. So it's sort of, to me, on one level, it's sort of sad that this is how long it's taken to get this far. So that's kind of the my simple answer to that question. And, you know, um, it is, you know there's a lot of questions. Is this sort of... Um, open casting, as some people are calling it, uh, just a way to grab attention? Uh, or is it actually something that's going to genuinely shift our paradigm? I mean, I, and I don't know. You're a teacher. What do, what do the young people think about this? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great question. I, they, they generally applaud it. Of course, in this case, I teach at an all-girls school. And oh, consequently, with, you know, so many uh, male characters populating the Shakespeare plays, this certainly opens up opportunities. But uh, they're very used to gender blindness and casting for their own school plays. So I just uh, thought it was So it's probably not a big deal for them either, right? No, it's... It, it, I love to hear that. That's, to me, that's very refreshing there, yeah. I have uh, uh, on our SoundCloud link, uh, uh, SoundCloud track rather, provided a link to your podcast, The Inadequate Life. Uh, hey, let me give you one other line just about about the uh, the gender blind. Sure. Because and and particularly as 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 someone who's working at an all girls school, it makes me think of um, when Glenda Jackson did um, King Lear in the UK with uh, Deborah Warner. And the director said the production is not going to be an exploration of gender. It's just going to be a chance for a great actress to take on a great role. That's a that's a that's a great line. Yeah, that's... you know, just because you have the, the a woman in the lead doesn't mean it's going to be um, an exploration of gender, right. right? And you probably experienced that with you and, and the the women, young women at, at your school. Yes, I just um, I just noted it was such a. Well, prominent part in the marketing materials from from Stratford. Correct. Uh, yeah. When I talked to the American Shakespeare Center, I talked to an actor, uh, Lauren Ballard, I believe was her name, and she said that actually in her career at the American Shakespeare Center, uh, and she'd been there uh, some time, 
she'd actually played more male roles than female oh, roles. Wow. So yeah. I guess I was just uh, kind of like stepping off of the Martha Henry on the cover of uh, the, you know, the materials yeah. I received in the mail and And you know what, she's, Martha, uh, God bless her, has been doing the rounds here in the media, and it's all about um, this gender blind casting and so on. Okay, well then, let's... But I love that your students would go, what's all the fuss about? Which is kind of, you know, kind of my take on it. And, you know, the other thing that people don't talk about at Stratford in terms of gender, and I brought it up in 2015, uh, we did some research, and in 2015... Um, we counted the 43 Shakespeare plays performed in the previous 10 years, so 2015 back to 2005, and uh, just three of them, or under 7%, were directed by women. Oh. So there's a bigger issue in terms of women direct... I mean, it's not a bigger issue, but it's an important issue as well, in terms of women being uh, given the opportunity to direct uh, Shakespeare. That's changed since, since then. Um, a couple of years ago, they did... As you like it on the festival stage, and Jillian Kylie directed that. But you know, this year the Tempest, Anthony Cimolino, uh, I'm an old white guy, so I feel comfortable saying old white guy. Uh, Coriolanus, Robert Lepage, festival stage, old white guy. Julius Caesar, festival stage director, Scott Wentworth, old white guy. Right. Comedy of Errors, directed by Kira Lauren, great. It's a young woman, but it's in the studio. Right. She gets put in a little corner, right? Right. So there's bigger issues than, you know, than, than I would say bigger issues than, than gender-blind casting. Yes, I agree. So let's move on to the sure. inadequate life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, what is the significance of the title? I was curious. And uh, please uh, entice us to subscribe uh, with some highlights with recent guests. It's so hard to entice people to subscribe. As a podcaster, there you know that. I wish yes. I could, but I don't know what to say about that. But um, yeah, subscribe. Just visit The Inadequate Life on iTunes uh, and subscribe. would be helpful. Uh, so the, the title, and it was really difficult, and I'm still uh, torn. Well, you know as a podcaster, we want people to listen to our podcast. And part of the way that happens is through discovery and someone searching theater podcast or acting podcast. Mine will never show up if you do that. Although it's about theater, it's about acting, it's about the struggles. So I'm in the process of deciding do I change it to the performer's podcast or the theater podcast or something like that. Um, anyway, but uh, the title, The Inadequate Life, comes from uh, Bertolt Brecht, who's one of my favorite um, playwrights and, and uh, philosophers and just a really progressive, progressive thinker. Um, and he, he wrote a line, do not fear death so much, but rather the inadequate life. Mm-hmm. And I, I read that five years ago, and it, it meant a lot to me. And, and I've had some health struggles in the last two years, so I've like it's become even more meaningful to me now, which is part of the reason I hang on to it. But it's also about, to me, as a, as a creative person, you know, we're always sort of only as good as our last piece of work. Um, you know, if our last production or our last, uh, our last painting wasn't up to par, you immediately feel inadequate. Oh, my God. Well, not immediately, but many people do. So... You know, the creative life is one of ups and downs, and I just want to remind people, uh, don't worry about uh, that. Just worry about living your life and making it a full, rich life. It's important. Don't worry about you know, all those other things. That's kind of my my spirit. And what? Uh, who have you uh, interviewed uh, recently? Um, 
who have I not interviewed? <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, well, I just coming out, she's not up yet, but well, depending on when you release this, I just interviewed uh, Steffi D, and she is one of the leads in the uh, Toronto production of Come From Away. And, and I really wanted to interview her because she was uh, a young musical theater person who got on the um, Canadian version of, of um, American Idol, so Canadian Idol. And I was actually a judge. I didn't judge her, but I was a pre-judge, so you wouldn't see me on TV, but we had 10,000 auditioners, and wow. I helped cull those down. Um, anyway, so she was on that, and she'd never done pop music, and she has this great story about being forced to do the Rolling Stones and the Cardigans, not forced to. She got to choose David Bowie. Uh, and then as soon as she did that show, everyone saw her as a pop star. So when she went and did her auditions for serious musical theater, they were like, well, I don't know about this. And she had to really bring them around. And she was in a national tour of Spring Awakening, and she's on the, the Toronto run of uh, Come From Away. Um, since we're talking about Come From Away, the, the uh, creators of the show, um, David Sankoff and uh, no, Irene Sankoff and David Hine, um, they're from Toronto. I'm not far from Toronto myself. And their story is amazing. They were, you know, they had written a show for the Fringe Festival, a musical, and they were basically discovered um, because of their work at the Toronto Fringe and, and then hooked up with the producer, Michael Rubinoff. So we talk, Irene and David and I, about that process from really being not starving artists, but kind of starving artists to being offered a chance to go to Gander and interview people and how they turned that into a a Broadway hit, like it's a hit that show. Wow, um, that's yeah, quite a story. It's, quite, it's a great, and it's and it's inspiring. You know, I mean, I just saw the Drowsy Chaperone, and that also began at, at a Fringe Festival. So I love those kind of stories of, of of beginnings. How do these things? How do we go from nothing to a, an international hit? You know, and and honestly, those, I mean, the, those creators made a lot of money. <laughs> you know, we think of starving artists, but there's lots of folks who who managed to figure out a way. So I'm kind of interested in those folks. And, you know, people like, I mean, I also interview comedians and singer-songwriters. Um, one of my favorite singer-songwriters, Kat Edmondson, is just about to release a new album. So I went back and listened to her podcast that we did a few years ago. She's a, she was a Sony recording artist. Her new, her new album's coming out independently. But um, Kat Edmondson's one of my favorites. So I've got, a, I've got a really interesting episode coming up with the guy. Are you familiar with Penn & Teller? Yes, so Penn Gillette introduced me to juggling when I was 14, and that was a long time ago. I met him at a convention in New York, and um, he had some serious weight problems. Again, it's about life. It's not just about the creative process. And he lost a lot of weight and just regained his health later in life. And I interviewed the NASA scientist and a dietitian that helped him uh, do this. And that one's not out yet. It's coming out. But um, oh, that's that Juliana Heaver great. and Ray Cronice. Yeah, and, they, and they've got a new book out called Plant-Based Nutrition, um, or An Idiot's Guide to Plant-Based Nutrition. And we talk specifically about the challenges of being healthy while you're a performer because your life is totally in flux with the rest of society. You get home at, you know, 11, 11.30 at night, and now what do you do? You know, a lot of the folks will eat a meal, a little heavy meal, and then try to sleep, and that has an impact on your sleep. So... It's a really, uh, it hasn't come out yet, but it'll be out soon. Just visit The Inadequate Life and look up Ray Cronice or Plant-Based Nutrition and, and you'll get to, to see that. And I'll give you one more. Um, for your young, especially for young um, theater people, I did two interviews with a young girl named Bethany Kovarik. And she's in the company at the Stratford Festival now, but she began as a swing, an understudy in dance. And um, 
our episode when she talks about being an understudy. So basically, she had to get ready every night to perform on the festival stage, makeup, mm-hmm. costume, and she almost never did. You know, and it's just a great episode about learning four different dance and music tracks, um, being prepared, and being at the top of your game. Because to be a swing, you have to be you know almost four times as good. Because you know you have to you need to memorize all the tracks, right? Right. So she was so candid and honest about what it was like to be backstage every night and see her friends on stage and her backstage. And now she's in the company. You know, the story has a happy ending and everything. But it's a great, great stepping stone being a swing or an understudy. And um, often it, it leads to greater things for sure. Well, I'll be subscribing. I want you to know. That sounds very... <laughs> you've, been, you've enticed me. <laughs> well, I just love hearing people's stories. You know, There's yes. the, the, the stories are fascinating to me. Yeah. Now, just uh, before we conclude, back to Stratford, uh, as we talk, previews start soon. Any uh, scuttlebutt about this year's productions? I don't, I don't want to, I don't have any inside information, to be honest. So, um, do I have any inside information? I don't think (laughs) I do. No, I don't really have any inside information. Honestly, I, I'm just really thinking hard. I don't have any inside information to offer. One of the shows, or the show actually that I'm, well, the obvious show that everyone's talking about, and I can tell by the traffic to my site. So Stratford Festival Reviews is a site dedicated to the actors and the shows. So Coriolanus is is being directed by Robert Lepage, one of right. the Canada's most um, well-recognized directors and inventive and creative. So everyone's, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Cool. Uh, and that's really cool. Um I'm really excited by To Kill a Mockingbird. The um, director is a guy named Nigel Sean Williams, who's performed at, at Stratford, but this is his first time um, directing, and I'm familiar with his work as an actor and as a director from elsewhere, and I'm really looking forward to that that production. And I think the timing of it is really significant, too, um, in society right now. So be honest, that's the one I'm, I'm most looking forward to, for sure. Well, that's really interesting, and uh, perhaps... Uh We'll uh, we'll cross paths sometime in uh, Stratford, as I was telling you before we began. Uh, my family and I go every year, and we take a school group each year. So it's been a real. How do you decide? How do you decide what when to go? Because there's twelve shows, and it's almost impossible to see all of them. And and one year I had a guy create a, a algorithm based tool for it. You know, if you <laughs> want to see these shows, this is the only time you can see. That but is people funny. People don't seem that interested in it. Yeah. yeah. You, so, sometimes we just have, as a family, sometimes we just have to go twice to see what we really right. want to see. But otherwise, you have to make some tough cuts. And then, of course, you have to negotiate it. Um, we have to negotiate the who's who's going to what among ourselves. So anyway, that's how that's how we roll. And what's the family favorite this year? Um, I, you know, anticipation. I, I, we, we, uh, this <laughs> for shake and bake cast, this isn't probably <laughs> what I should be saying, but we're, we're all kind of uh, keen on going to Rocky Horror Show. <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, why wouldn't that go on the shake and bake cast? <laughs> so, so anyway, I think on that note, uh, I will conclude. Thanks. Uh, so much for being uh, the guest, our guest today on Shake and Bake Cast, Keith. Cool. Hey, and just to, I'll plug the podcast again. Please Donna do. Fiore, who directs the Rocky Horror Show, there's a podcast with her. So if you just look up Donna Fiore podcast or The Inadequate Life, Donna Fiore, you'll get to hear a bit of a background on how she's planning for all the toast and rice that are going to be thrown or not going to be thrown. Okay. Thank you very much, Keith. Okay. You're welcome. <laughs>